How are you today, Jamie? Yeah, good, Dimmer. Going, going well. It's been a good week. It's been some interesting results. So um, I'm looking forward to getting stuck into this week's podcast. I think it'll be a good one. Yeah, it's been some very interesting results. Uh, probably one that stands out for you and me being Manchester United supporters, but we will get to that. Um, how'd you go last week in your fantasy Premier League stakes? So I, I took a minus four, so I got the 50 points. Take away the minus four. I finished up with 46 for the week. Had a red arrow, so I'm currently sitting at 590,000. Um, I'll let the listeners listeners know what I decided with my team, but how did you go first? Yeah, ended up with 51 points, so mm. overall slightly above the average, but I had 21 on the bench, which was very frustrating considering two of them I was probably looking at starting, but them's the breaks. Now, just uh, for all the listeners out there today, um, I have taken an early hit this week. I did make two Ooh. trades this week, my first hit of the season. So all will be revealed later in the podcast as far as, I guess, my first minus four and who those two players were. And thankfully, I did at the time because even though it was a minus four, um, b- both players I bought have gone up and I believe one of them's gone down. So overall, it's worked out well from a team value perspective. But um, moving on to next week, uh, let's sorry, let's have a look at the rundown from last week. Sorry. So Spurs beat Wolves 1-0 in a very, very dismal game. Wolves in the first half actually had 12 shots to one, but obviously weren't able to convert. Crystal Palace beat Aston Villa 3-1. Palace looking very good with Zaha have started the season very, very brightly. Uh, Everton had a 1-1 draw with Nottingham Forest. Fulham 3, Brentford 2. Leicester City lost at home 2-1 to Southampton. Seems to be this Leicester team is not the same Leicester team that we've known over the last five or six years. Bournemouth 0, Arsenal 3, which was a complete domination by Arsenal. Leeds in Chelsea, probably the upset of the round or quite possibly could be the upset of the season already. 3-0 against Chelsea. Chelsea looking very shaky at the back, while Leeds looking very dynamic, where they're able to get the ball into that final third as soon as possible and then just press Chelsea, as we saw with that first goal with Mendy. West Ham 0, Brighton 2. Brighton looking very solid at the moment and probably a team to target, but we'll touch on that later in the podcast. West Ham looking very impotent going forward. Man City and Newcastle playing out a thrilling 3-0 draw after Newcastle led 3-1. Almost had a man sent off in Trippier, but the red card was rescinded and changed to yellow. And then, you know, City, as we know, a quality outfit, and they were able to storm home um, and make it 3-all. And finally, the result of the round, the result of the, that stands out to you and me anyway, Jamie, and that's Man United 2, Liverpool 1. Who would have you thought? You built a... Who would have thought we'd be sitting here after the last two weeks uh, of results talking about Man United sitting higher on the table than Liverpool? But, um, yeah, as we said, one of the shocks of the round. And um, let's see if they can produce that form moving forward. So was there anything that you took out of last week's game week, Jamie? Well, I'll I'll let everyone know what I did first. Um, So all week, you know, even since the game launched in game week one, I was always planning to do Pedisic 
in for Trippier. Um, however, there was just no news. So I didn't know if he was going to start or not. So I didn't want to take the risk. So I was looking at uh, downgrading Robbo uh, to Cucurella and Neto out to Diaz from Liverpool. And um, anyway, I, I looked at it first thing Saturday morning. Then I waited till midday to sort of press the button, but the price changes happened. Robbo went down, Neto went down, so I was priced out. So I ended up taking a minus four early. Um, I did those two, but then I had to downgrade Bailey um, to Reid from Fulham. So, yeah, I just wasn't convinced that Liverpool would be able to keep a clean sheet against United, um, and, and I opted for Diaz. But, you know, it, it was an interesting week overall with, with the results. Um the main things that stood out to me, Zimmer, was, um, you know, is big at the back being questioned? Um, you know, everyone was looking at having, you know, f- you know, four or five big defenders, you know, six million plus. Um, you know, that's, you know, after the results, you know, practically everyone just getting zeros or ones except for Arsenal. Um, you know, everyone's sort of second guessing that sort of strategy moving forward. The template's sort of uh, being questioned a little bit um, because, you know, some proven players, uh, you know, the, people are starting to, to cast out over them. I mean, have a look at Son, Saka. They haven't been firing. Um, people are starting to, to sell Robbo. People are, you know, are well and truly off Kane. And then you're seeing some of these non-template sort of players emerging, like your boy Tony. Everyone's jumping onto to Gross and Rodrigo. You have Zaha as well. So, yeah, it's just been an interesting week. And, um, you know, this might be sort of the week where, you know, a lot of players go down two different paths. Uh, maybe some players are willing to take a punt on these emerging players and then you'll have some managers, you know, just saying, well, let's just stay calm and, and steady the ship and stay with the players we know who perform well. So that's what I took out of this week, Dimmer. Yeah, I think overall it was a fairly tough week for most as far as scores went. You didn't see many in the 70s or, you know, even in the 60s it was probably quite rare. So, you know, I have heard of a lot of people pulling the uh, wild card, uh, well, pressing the wild card button this week, just trying to fix up a few holes they may have in their team. But I don't know. For me, it's a little bit early to be looking at wild cards. I'm, look, I've got a side that I'm very happy with. And as I said, I have made the two transfers early and I'll talk about them later on. But there's plenty of time to climb the ranks and to keep on chasing those uh, green arrows. Some of the most world-renowned fantasy Premier League pundits are ranked anywhere between three and six millionth at the moment. So mm-hmm. there's a long way to go. There's still 34 weeks to go to fix up anybody's team. So... You know, uh, I guess starting from a low base means you've got more, you're more likely to get a green arrow every week, aren't you? So you are in a position from that point of view that if you wanted to put a positive spin on things. Moving on to this week's fixtures. So I'll just run through them. Southampton are hosting Manchester United in the early Saturday game. Brentford, Everton. Brighton, Leeds. Chelsea hosting Leicester, which would be a very interesting game for both teams, I think, um, given their current form. Liverpool, Bournemouth. Man City, Crystal Palace, Arsenal, Fulham, Aston Villa versus West Ham, Wolves versus Newcastle, and then to round it out on Monday, Nottingham Forest versus Tottenham. So any, I guess, any uh, teams that you're sort of targeting there, Jamie, or any fixture that you, that's, uh, stands out to you? Yeah, I think, I think this week what I've decided to do is um, 
let's have a look at what the bookies are saying. Uh, it's on Australian if you're not having a bet anyway. So um, straight away, I wanted to have a look at, you know, what's the clean sheet percentages? What are the bookies saying there? So the bookies have Liverpool uh, at 69% chance to keep a clean sheet. Maybe I should have kept Robbo. Man City at 58%. You know Man City will probably keep the most clean sheets this season. Arsenal at 48%. Chelsea at 48%. Spurs at 48%. Um, and then jumping over to the team that's most likely to score over two and a half goals, you have Liverpool at 65%. Man City at 60%. Arsenal at 48%. Chelsea 42%. And Spurs at 36 and then just quickly, a couple of the, a couple of players. Uh, you know, you, you, any time goal scorer, you've got your, you know, you got your big names: Harlan, Salah, Kane, Jesus at the top of the list. Then you've got uh, Diaz, my boy, at forty five percent, and then your boy Tony at forty three percent, Dima. So you'd be happy to see him there on that list. Yeah, I was, I was. Uh... Able to sneak him into the side last week after moving on uh, Archer at four and a half. So, yeah, didn't have to take a hit last week, but, yeah, had to take the hit this week to get in uh, two other assets I thought were going to perform. So, no, pretty happy hearing that, uh, especially with, the, I guess, the fixture that uh, Brentford have got moving forward. But, yeah, we will touch on that a bit later. Now, moving on to the eye test or the players that pass the eye test. So... I'll start, uh, Jamie, with my uh, four or five players. So, look, firstly, Marcus Rashford, 6.3. Now, we've been staying away from Manchester United assets, and to be quite frank, I still am, but he looked pretty good playing as the number nine up top. Now, whether he's going to hold that spot or not, we'll see now that uh, Martial's back. But uh, Marcus Rashford in the game is 6.3 as a midfielder even though he might potentially be playing for Man United as their number nine. So he's one to look for. Seemed to perform really well last week. Got his goal, even though very dubious. It looked very offside to me. but I was It was close, happy. wasn't it? Well, it looked very offside, but I was very happy when they uh, pointed uh, to the middle of the ground and said it's a goal. So very fortunate. Did you hear there. what I said? I heard I heard that um, if the, because VAR's changed this year. They've given a bit of... Um, They've given a bit of leeway to the striker this season. I heard if it was under last year's rules, it would have been offside. So mm. I'm glad it was under this year's rules. So shout out to all of uh, the Liverpool supporters out there just on that <laughs> one. Uh, the other players that passed the eye test for me was Rodrigo at Leeds, 6.4, playing as the number nine in the absence of Bamford. 35 points for the season in three games. I don't think anybody could have predicted that. Uh, Leeds have started the season off with a bang and he seems to be the main man at the moment, although there are a lot of different players scoring points at Leeds. So, but we will talk about them a bit later. Trippier at 5.1. He's the only defender to get a return in all three game weeks. First and second week, clean sheet. Last week, a goal. I had him on my bench. As soon as he lined up for that free kick, I knew I just knew it was going in because that's just the luck. But he looks really good. He looks very solid. And as we said before, multiple avenues to getting points in Fantasy Premier League. Martinelli, 6.4. He's, yeah, as we said, he's gone up 0.4 already this season in only three and a bit weeks of uh, Fantasy Premier League. So... He's had a lot of people purchasing him, and for a very good reason. He has had a return in all, all three game weeks. And it seems to me like Arsenal are playing a lot down the left-hand side 
of the way that they, I guess, a lot of, sorry, a lot of their attacks are coming from the left-hand side, which has been at the expense of Saka. So Martinelli's looked really good in that spot. They're utilising him. He's pushing forward. And then, which has also meant that Granite Shaka has been able to push up and much more forward as well to almost position himself, not quite next to Martinelli, but in a very um, advanced role compared to previous years. So he might be one as well at 5.1 who's worth having a look at. Just finally, as far as uh, the eye test players concerned, Mitrovic at 6.6 and uh, Andreas Pereira at 4.5 have been combining very well, both looking very dangerous. Mitrovic uh, got his goal on the weekend again and uh, Pereira got uh, the three bonus points to end up on eight for the week. Fulham look very good going forward. They don't look much chop at the back, but they look pretty good going forward. Um, Jamie, did you have any uh, players that passed your eye test? Yeah, first mention goes to Zaha. You know, he's the main he's the main man over at Crystal Palace. Um, scored again. And, you know, looking at the fixtures at the start of the season, I always, you know, I wanted to keep him a secret at game week seven. I wanted to bring him in, but he's just he's just launched from the start. So I think everyone has him on their radar. He he's a new one, new player to the Premier League, Gwedesh from Wolves. He actually looked pretty good. Um yeah, very impressed with him. I was impressed with the size of his quads as well. He's got big, he's got big legs. Uh, well, Pedersic. Wolves need someone to score a goal. They just, they just kept on peppering, 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 but they just did not have a finished product. And Pedersic looked good, um, you know, with his first start. Um, Saliba scored a scored a rocket with his left foot. Just went bang. Um, and the Brighton keeper Sanchez, he's firmly on my radar now. Um, so, yeah, very impressed with Brighton. He was he was sitting on my bench this week. So as soon as I saw that they uh, beat West Ham two 0 away, a part of me was happy. But yeah, to to not have those points on the field really hurt. In what was a very close week for a lot of people as far as points goes. Now the players that failed the eye test. Well, I might start with big at the back. So, Cancelo, zero. Walker, one. James, one. Cucurella, one. Trent, zero. Robbo, one. So, if you went big at the back and you had five of those six plays, you could have very easily have scored three. So, while it wasn't a great week for the big teams as far as big at the back goes, um, you know, do we look to stick with them? Do we look to move them on? It's actually our uh, weekly poll this week, so... Maybe give it three or four minutes and we'll just walk through what the Twitter sphere of currently thinking. The other bads for me was uh, Bali in his red card. It's left a giant hole in the Chelsea defence. Mendy's blunder could almost be the blunder of the season. Uh, so Leeds obviously fortunate for that and that's uh, changed the whole game. And one other one that would probably never have been in this actual category of failing the eye test over his f- five or six years in the Premier League Virgil van Dijk, when uh, Sancho scored that first goal, Milner ran at Sancho. He was balked. He fell on the ground, obviously, as part of the tackle. Virgil van Dijk stood in the same spot, didn't actually close down Sancho. Sancho's put it in the bottom of the net. And Milner's gone straight to Virgil van Dijk and given him a serve, as, he, as I guess a skipper would do. But, yeah, just very uncharacteristic of Virgil van Dijk. Jamie, any that failed your eye test on the weekend? 
Yeah, just following up on the Virgil van Dijk and Milner exchange, you know, the whole Liverpool defence. Robbo, I think, in every game has been dragged off early. I wouldn't be surprised to see if he, you know, misses a game for Simicash. Something's just happening in that, you know, defence there. Oh, you know, no one, no one pressed Sancho to close him down. You know, when they're in the box, you have to apply pressure. They didn't do it. Um, you know, Mendy's blunder was a big one because I've doubled up on on Chelsea's defence, um, and you know, just Leicester as well. That, like what you mentioned earlier, Leicester just don't look like the same old team that we've expected over the last few seasons. So, yeah, it's probably they're probably the main ones that I focused on for for failing the eye test. Well, that's a very good segue into our spud slash villain of the week. So I'll kick it off. And my spud of the week is Danny Ward. I am off him. He's cost me 10 points this season because I've benched Sanchez in the two games I've started Ward. Uh, He has made some pretty ordinary blunders as well, Danny Ward. So, look, he'll still stay in my team as a 4.0 goalkeeper, but... uh, I just really like the way that Brighton have been playing. So for him to be able to start over uh, Sanchez is uh, probably won't happen now. I happen to play my wild card whenever that may be. But Danny Ward, completely off him, completely off Leicester. And, uh, uh, yeah, just been such a disappointment this year. You? Mendy from Chelsea. He just put it on a platter for Aronson. Um, just kick it out, mate. You know, when you put in that spot, just kick it long, kick it out, put it out for a throw-in. Don't try and take him on. You haven't got the skills. You know, Chelsea were looking good before that. I thought, you know what, I, I might be in here with the Cucurella goal, assist. You know, it was looking good until that happened. So, yeah, Mendy for me. And, and then it just got me thinking, He, you know, he hasn't looked like the same keeper since they've won the Champions League. So, and I think, I think we're going to talk a bit about Chelsea's defence a little bit later on anyway. So, yep. No, uh, so both of our spuds this week are goalkeepers. So that's that's just a word of warning to all the other ones out there. Now the weekly Twitter poll this week. So we put it out to the Twitter sphere with the FPL landscape changing regarding big at the back. How many defenders make up your plan formation moving forward? So with a lot of people as well playing their wild card, we thought it was the right week to run through these. So we've gone, you know, five, four, three, or not sure. So not sure was 7%. Three at the back was 12%. Four at the back, 42%. And five at the back, 39%. So looking at this poll that we put out there, most people have got four at the back, just ahead of five at the back. So it still is a very, very popular way to do things moving forward, I guess, at those uh, price points with about, what's that, uh, 81% of people still having either five or four at the back. Yeah, that's right. I think, you know, if, you've, if you're playing four at the back, you probably have Neto. So you've got that extra one or two million to put in the midfield. Um, so that seems to be the way people are going. But, you know, it, it was good to see it's still a high number with five at the back. So people are probably just willing to be patient and just give it some more time, um, which which I'm leaning towards as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I've still got my five at the back, but um, and that's, that's probably the way that I'm going to be moving forward for at least the next week or two. Now, the stats of the game week. So I'll just bring up the big chances created table. So for the season, the big chances, 
Haaland on top with seven big chances. Mitrovic with six big chances. Zaha, Callum Wilson and Darwin Nunes from Liverpool on five big chances, which it's quite a surprise there with uh, Darwin considering he's only played, what, probably 95 minutes, 100 minutes yeah. this season. Five really big chances. Yeah, well, it just goes to show that, you know, probably under their new playing style of having a main number nine, he's the guy they're trying to play through. So even though he's, you know, he's done the headbutt, um, it's, it, you know, he's still a viable option moving forward. And, and you know, after three game weeks, I wouldn't, I didn't think I'd be seeing Mitrovic, Zaha and Wilson on that list. You think you'd have Son and Kane and these guys, but okay. Interesting. Yeah, no, it is. So, you know, I guess the other thing to factor in there is that the most big chances this year have fallen to Haaland and he hasn't played more than what, I think he's been substituted in all three of the games he's played. So, you know, he's had these seven chances. There is going to be a bit of uh, rotation moving forward with him, according to Pep. But, you know, he's he is still the main striker in Fantasy Premier League at the moment, isn't he? So, yeah. now the top five expected goal involvements so far, Mitrovic at 3.4, which is a staggeringly high amount, um, you know, for a striker from Fulham after three weeks. Then you've got Haaland at 2.9, Zaha 2.7, Kevin De Bruyne at 2.3 and Jesus at 2.3 as well. So any take on that, Jamie? Well, I think um, Mitrovic, you know, he's topped the table. And if it wasn't for Raya and his superhuman, you know, reflexes, he should have had more goals. I think he had something like eight shots in the box, eight shots and I think seven were in the box. Um, and then, you know, Zaha scored that scored that brace. Um, you know, playing playing on that left side, he seems, you know, as I said earlier, he seems to be the, the, the main man in that Crystal Palace team when they go forward. Yep. The other stat or the last stat of the, of the, of the week is, and it's pretty obvious, I think, but West Ham are yet to score this season. So not one goal. Now, they've created just one big chance as a whole team this season. Now, when you think West Ham, the whole side, have created one chance – and Darwin Nunes has created five in about 100 minutes of play. It just shows how bad they've been going forward so far. And I don't know, you, you just wonder if the Europa qualification has been a higher priority so far. Yeah, I mean, when you just read out that, that stat there, I'm just amazed because it's the same coach, it's the same players, you know, if you know they've strengthened a bit, they've brought in a new a new striker who, okay, he he hasn't played yet, but it's still exactly the same team. Um, you know, last year they relied a lot on Bowen. This year he hasn't fired. So you know, is it a case of okay, no Bowen, no West Ham? I'm not really sure. Time will tell. Um, but sometimes you know we all know that when you play. You know, in your team, in every team, you sort of got that player you look to, to to get things happening. And they just haven't got that player at the moment, you know, with Bowen being quiet. And I don't know where else you look. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe Moyes just has to move the pieces around a little bit and try something new. Yeah, I just hope for the sake of Jared Bowen that he's not like a former Fantasy Premier League 
godlike status. The, the streets will never forget a player that played for Swansea many years ago called <laughs> Mitch. I just hope that Jared Bowen's not the next Mitchu where he has that one season where everyone got on him early at a very low price point. Price went up and then didn't quite fire the following season. So time will tell. Um, as we said, it's still only very, very early in the season. Plenty of time for West Ham to come back. But sitting at the very, very bottom of the table at the moment, they are. And as we said, only the one big chance creators. Hopefully they can turn that around. Now, the long ball of the week. Uh, I'll start off with yourself, Jamie. So what's your long ball of the week? I think Chelsea's going to come out and absolutely smash Leicester. And Rogers is going to be under heavy pressure to resign, and he may even get the sack. Uh, that Leicester seem to be having issues. Uh, I think Chelsea will just capitalise on it. I think Tuchel will learn from his experiment. You don't put Reese James right centre back. You put him right wing back where he's dangerous and he's strongest, making those runs into the box, getting at the end of crosses, scoring goals. What do you reckon, Dimmer? That's a, that's a very big... Long ball, I guess, to say you think that they'll sack Brendan Rodgers. I guess, yeah, if it's a if it's a four or five goal smashing, then yeah, the, that's probably something that we get talked about. My long ball of the week is I'm backing Saka this week for a return to form. Um, he showed glimpses, but has not shown the form that he had last year. However, Fulham this year have conceded. 10 of their 20 chances. Now, you've got to remember, chances can be conceded left, middle, or right of the field. So they've conceded 10 of their 20 chances down the left flank and 31 of 48 crosses from the same side that Saka plays. So it's all set up for him this week where looking at Fulham's shaky defence, that's where they're the most vulnerable. So I'm going to back him in this week. So for anyone that's got Saka and you know, he hasn't been sure about what to do. Is it that sort of awkward price point of 7.9 at the moment? Do I, do I play him? Do I hold him? Do I sell him? I'd be looking at holding him because you've had him this long and you would be kicking yourself if he had a return this week. Yeah, it's a good shout. I think it's just a matter, a matter of time until he starts firing. So this could be the week, Dimmer, according to you. Well, uh, hence why it's a long ball of the week because he's been pretty ordinary this season so far. So let's see how he goes. Now, the questions from Twitter. So thank you uh, to everyone who sent us in a question this week. Uh, the two that we've picked out this week. Uh, first one is from um, Apollo Pom 11 asks, I have over a quarter of my money tied up in Liverpool assets. Other than Salah, is it time to move off them? So my thoughts on this are, this is the game week you want Liverpool players. They got Bournemouth at home. Bournemouth have not offered much moving forward. You've got Salah, who's still yet to hit his straps and has performed really well as far as points go, two of the last three game weeks. Um, You just can't trade out any Liverpool players this week. Yes, they've been very disappointing, especially Trent, especially Robbo, especially the ones that are yet to have a return. But this may be the week where all the ground that you lost in the previous two weeks, you may be able to make up all that ground. So in summary... I would be holding all my Liverpool assets and whether I'd buy them, I'm not sure, but I would definitely be holding them for this game week. Now, on to the second question, which I'll throw over to Jamie, but Manny Triple T asks, I have invested heavily in the Chelsea backline. Now that Koulibaly is suspended, 
who starts in the Chelsea defence? Um, well, I'm in the same boat, Manny. So I think that just knowing Tuchel, I don't think he'll go to a back four. We know he likes a back five. So we know Chilwell isn't um, match fit at the moment where you know Tuchel would want him to be. So I think Cucurella still stays and starts on the left wing back. Um, and then... Or yeah, I think he I think he stays left wing back. Um, I think that Aspilicueta will come in on the right side of defence. Thiago Silva will stay in the middle, um, and then on the left it could be uh, Chalaba. I think he could come in. Um, otherwise, you know, Tuchel. The the only change I'll see, you know, I can say from that is that you know Cucurella could come in at left centre back, and then he'll play Chilwell on the left because he needs a response. Um, from that Chelsea team. Reese James will be right wing back, um, you know, in his best position. And I think that uh, it will actually be a good game week for Chelsea and their defence. The reason why I say that is we know Leicester uh, haven't been firing and that also uh, there's some rumours that Madison might be injured too. Now, if he's injured, that is massive for that Leicester team and just helps us, Manny. So um, stay the course, mate. Stay strong. All right. Thanks, Jamie. Now, moving on to our best captain choices this week. So looking at the fixtures this week, there's probably several who could be chosen to be somebody's captain. So, so far this season, Jamie, we, we have actually nailed our choice every week. So, so far, so good. But, Last week, we saw Kane get six, Son get three, um, Jesus for Haaland six, and we went with Salah, who ended up with eight points, which I don't know how we got the one bonus, but was more than happy to take it in the end. So this week, the top five for me is Salah, Haaland, Jesus, Tony, my boy Tony, and for a real left field one, Reese James. So... Just on the, all those choices, um, I guess when you talk about Haaland, you can also talk about uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Now, Kevin De Bruyne, in 14 games against Crystal Palace, has had 11 goal involvements, so goal or an assist. So um, he does like playing against Crystal Palace. Um, Jesus has got Fulham. As we've uh, spoken about Fulham, pretty good going forward, but very, very shaky at the back. So he's an option there. My boy Tony, in really good form. He has had a return in every single week. And, geez, I would love him to just sneak another goal or two. Last week, very unlucky. Scored two goals when he was offside. So he scored three goals in total, but only one stood. One of the goals that was offside was very similar to Rashford's one. I was screaming at the TV, celebrating, and then they then they took it off me. So I couldn't believe that. Um, and the other one, as we said before... Reese James, he's he's got huge upside, Reese James. But as we know, he's the kind of player that, that will score one or he'll score 20. So it's just about, you know, how much risk are you willing to take having someone who plays as a defender as your captain? But then for me, though, very hard to go past Mohamed Salah this week. In six games against Bournemouth, he has had nine goal involvements and scored in every single game he's ever played against Bournemouth. 
This is the prime fixture all season for Liverpool. It's Bournemouth at home. Jamie, thoughts on who's your best captain of the week? I think it comes down to three. Salah, Haaland or De Bruyne. And I've, I noticed De Bruyne, he went up in price this week. And I was just trying... Oh, what's your opinion on it, Dimmer? Do you think that people are going Salah to De Bruyne or they're going from Haaland to De Bruyne? Because I can't put my finger on it. Um, oh, I think it's a bit of a combination. I think, you know, Salah to De Bruyne frees up 0.8 at the moment um, in value, which means that you can spend that money elsewhere. But I also think with the comments made by Pep uh, during the week as far as saying once Manchester City are playing twice a week, which, you know, starts from now, basically, he said he won't be playing Haaland. He said Haaland will be getting all the rest that he needs. Now, Manchester City played Barcelona last night in a friendly, and even though it was a three-all, it wasn't a very full-on game from looking at it. I don't think the teams went too hard, but Haaland only played about 20 minutes. So to me, that suggests that he'll be starting this week, but it also, to me, suggests that if they're, 3-0 3-0 up at halftime against Crystal Palace, he might even be benched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's a good point. Um, that's a really good point. Um, I, did see, I did see those comments by Pep, and that was enough for me to, to, start, you know, to start thinking, okay, what are we doing the next couple of weeks? But when I, you know, when I go back to the captain for this week, um, it just comes down to, for me, Liverpool need to respond Two draws and one loss in three games. There's no Darwin. Salah will be the main man. Everything will go through him. Um, so if, if Liverpool are going to win, if they're going to win well, and the bookies say so, Salah will be involved. Um, at the same time, you've got Haaland playing against Crystal Palace and they've conceded the most shots in the box this season with 35. So if he gets the ball in the box and we know that you know Man City are going to deliver to him, uh, he could do some damage there. Yep. Okay. Well, so overall, though, if you had to pick your captain, are you the same as me, Salo? Or are you still waiting for more information? Nah, I've got the information. I'll be going Salo this week. He'll be wearing the captain's armband. And, you know, it, it's interesting because last year he was set and forget for me as captain. And when he, I remember when he got injured, I went to AFCON. We had to pick other captains and I couldn't get one right. So, you know, I, I like I like it when it's nice and easy for me. So I think I'll just be sticking with Salah this week. All right. Now, on to our next segment. It's just This is more so teams to target. Now that we're in the fourth week of the season, we have learned a little bit about most of the teams while we're still learning about, you know, Leicester, West Ham, etc. Some of the other teams we've probably found a bit of information about. So I'm just going to read out uh, six or seven teams and their next four weeks as far as uh, fixtures go. And basically, if you're trading anyone from these teams, you've got to have a really good reason, I think, because their next block of four fixtures are all very good. But then on on the other side of that, if you're purchasing someone from these teams, it's probably for that four week block because all these teams who I'm about to read out have got great fixtures um, and with most people looking to potentially wildcard game week eight or nine, these teams can essentially take you to that wildcard week. So I'll start off with Brentford and my boy Tony. The next four game weeks they have got Everton, Crystal Palace, Leeds, Southampton. Then Brighton have got Leeds, Fulham, Leicester, Bournemouth. 
Chelsea, Leicester, Southampton, West Ham, Fulham, which are very, very juicy fixtures if you're a Chelsea yeah. forward, but you've just got to yeah. know who to target. Leeds have got Brighton, Everton, Brentford, Nottingham Forest. Liverpool have got Bournemouth, Newcastle, Everton, and Wolves. So Newcastle could be a bit tricky, but, you know, as for the other three, uh, they, you know, Liverpool should be able to put a few past all of them. And finally, Manchester City. The next three game weeks, they've got Crystal Palace, Nottingham Forest, and then Aston Villa. And the fourth week, they've got Tottenham, but it's at home. So, Jamie, you got anything to add to those? Well... You know, it's a good point, you know, starting to look forward. And some of those teams have some really good fixtures there. And if you can get on the run early, you know, when I looked at your when I looked at your team this week and I saw Tony in, sometimes when you look at other people's teams and you see their transfers, you just you just go to yourself, Yep, yeah, that just looks good. So I saw I saw you bring in Tony. I really like that one. He's looked good. They've got good fixtures. Brentford. You know, especially how they dismantled Man United. Um, they look like a good team. Brighton look really solid under Graham Potter. Let's help Ch- Chelsea can bounce back. Um, but you know, when we when we start looking forward at the fixtures, I just wanted to point out that um, don't get caught out thinking that the games are every weekend because they're coming thick and fast now. Uh, you've got to start looking at you know the next three game weeks because game week four starts this Saturday, the 27th of August. Then game week five starts on Tuesday, the 30th of August, midweek. Then game week five starts on the Saturday. So we've really got three game weeks in the next seven days or eight days. So, you know, don't get caught out by that. You know, if you've got some players who might, you know, have a have an injury or a niggle or they might be a rotation risk um, and you don't want to gamble it and you just want to get a, a, you know, a player that's a sure thing, you know, start thinking about it now, especially if you haven't made a trade for this game week. To me as well, that, uh, to me, that means that you've got to have a bench as in you, as in you need to have at least one person on your bench who you've got faith in because, you know, the chances of having all of your starting 11 starting over those three game weeks when, you know, some teams are playing three times in seven or eight days, very slim. You know, someone like Harland, I don't see him playing more than, you know, 150 minutes over those three game weeks. So this is where it'll be very interesting to see how we all sort of juggle it. But at the same time, it's probably going to separate a lot of, uh, you know, spots in the overall rankings over this next sort of block of fixtures. At the same time, you need luck too because we can't predict what everyone's going to be doing as far as the managers go, etc. So very interesting three weeks ahead, Jamie. Thanks for the little insight there. Now, moving on to buy, hold, sell, wait. So we'll try and zip through these if we can, but I'll throw to you first. Rodrigo, 6.4. I would wait on him. Tough fixture this week against Brighton. And uh, Brighton uh, leads bogey team. Last four games, two losses, two draws. Okay. Well, I I don't – well, sorry. I purchased him as one of my two early transfers this week, but he's sitting on my bench. So I've bought him for the league. a game. Well, I've bought him for next week because the fixtures after this week, Everton, Brentford, Nottingham Forest. So I was – 
actually happy to take a minus four to move on Neto, who's going to sit on my bench anyway, to bring in Rodrigo for a minus four. Um, and actually, since I bought him, he's gone up 0.2. So, okay. and, th- and that's in the space of, I think, four or five days. So for me, I would purchase him this week, but he doesn't have to start this week if you've already got the coverage. Zaha, 7.1. I would wait. Yeah, I'm the same. I wait purely based on fixtures, but as he's shown us, he's very capable of scoring against all of the big boys. Uh, Trent and Robbo. Oh, you have to hold him this week with their fixture. Uh, yeah. Against Bournemouth, if if you if you haven't made the move, just just hold. Yeah, uh, Tony seven point two, buy, big buy, capital letters, bold. I only threw that in because I just wanted to hear you say it. So all right, <laughs> Tony seven point two, buy, fix is fantastic as we know. Seems to be the main man. Should have scored three last week, but uh, ruled him out. I, anyway, I knew um, you would be doing cartwheels in the lounge room. Before they got chalked off. I was dirty. Uh, Alain St. Maximum, 6.4. Yeah, don't know. Um, Newcastle are still in the uh, they're still in the market, you know, with the new striker. Um, I, I think I think I think I would just wait. Yeah, he's never a really good asset for me. I, I would just wait and see. Yeah. I've been burnt by him over the years too many times to, to go near him. He looked very good last week against Man City with the three assists which, you know, versus Man City, he he actually tore Kyle Walker apart last week. He just did not have the, the, the whatever you want to call it, the pace, the stamina. He just could not keep up with him. But he may become a better asset if they do, which I do believe they've signed today, Alexander Isak from Real Sociedad, and I really hope I pronounced that right. But he's a big six foot four target man striker. So someone like Saint Maximum, who's a much better passer of the ball than he is shooter, um, it may actually work in his favour. Uh, Callum Wilson as well has been ruled out for the next six weeks, which is pretty standard for him. He plays a block and then he's out for six weeks with a. Um, hamstring. So the other one to look at, I guess, here is how much is this new uh, purchase from Newcastle worth in um, uh, the big Swede, um, Alexander Izak? Because he's going to be playing up front for them for the next month. So yeah. he's probably Good worth point. looking at. Mitrovic, 6.6. If you're looking for a striker, I'd buy him. You know, I, I know it's Mitrovic, but also he's a different. Mitrovic, to what we've come to know from previous seasons, you know he he scored against Liverpool. Um, yeah, he's, he's looking. Even though they're playing Arsenal this week, I would still buy him if you're looking for a striker. Yeah, see, I'm away till about game week eight. Only reason being, this week Arsenal, next week Brighton, then Spurs, and then Chelsea, and then after that, that that's when the fixture does open up. Um, but my other reason for waiting is I've got Jesus, Harland, and Tony. So I don't actually have room for him at the moment. But, you know, Harland may end up being someone like a Mitrovic, and then we can move some money around in the future. But, yeah, for me, he's a wait. And, yeah, we'll just wait and see how those uh, fixtures open up. Uh, Gundogan, six point, uh, sorry, 7.6. Uh, 
I would wait. He's looked good this year, but with Pep Roulette, we know he rotates the midfield. He's got plenty of options in there. He's never guaranteed, you know, to start and to play 90. Big wait for me. Yeah, I'm just a no on the Man City midfielders because while they would always score higher than your average sort of midfielder per 90 minutes, you're always nervous when you're waiting for the team sheet to come out on Twitter or you're waiting for the websites to update to see who's on that Man City team sheet. You're always nervous, whether it's Foden, whether it's Grealish, whether it's Gundogan, whether it's Mares. You don't know who's going to start. So for me, I'd rather not have the stress and pay you know, seven and a half million for someone else who I know will start every week. So even though, as I said, for for every 90 minutes played, he'd be probably one of the top midfielders. I think it was two seasons ago, he actually scored the most fantasy Premier League points at Manchester City, which I was surprised about when I heard that. But so he, he is a proven asset, but it's just the nervousness of not being on the uh, team sheet. Uh, next one, Betisic, 5.5. Gone Betisic, up value. buy him. Buy him. If I could get to him this week, I'd buy him. I can't. Um, you know, but but at the same time, you just need to weigh up that risk of him, uh, you know, not being at the fitness Conti wants, you know, midweek game weeks. He's a bit older. Will he play every game? Probably not. So you've just got to weigh that up in your decision-making. See, I'm a wait because with this fixture crunch coming up, Spurs are playing in uh, the Champions League. There's no way that he plays 90. So you're probably your probably best case scenario is probably 75 minutes, and that's and that's the best case. And if they and if they're playing three times in the next you know eight or nine days, um, you know you've the only way you could buy him or hold him at this stage for me is if you're willing to have him sit on your bench for one of those weeks. So if you do have someone on the bench, as we said before, that, that you would be more than happy to play, um, then he's probably a hold. And, and, the last and that's week, right. Sorry. Just, just on Pettisic, I mean, he's the bloke who can get you 15 points in a game, a goal, a clean sheet, and three bonus points. Now, you know, he could do that. He could, you know, get 11 points in a game. And, you know, the average over three games, he could still perform far better than just a normal defender. So it's just something people need to weigh up if they're willing to take that risk on him. Yep, no, totally agree there. Now, the last one, Son, 11.9. I would sell him. Yeah, I wouldn't hold him. I'd sell him. Just he just hasn't he just hasn't looked as good um, to start this season. Now you know those things might turn around, um, but you know there's there's rotation risk there now with having Richarlson on the bench as well. So you, yeah, you just you just don't know with Son. What I've noticed in the three games this year that Spurs have played, each team has actually man marked him. So it's almost as if teams have now worked out what to do with Son. Now, he's a superstar player and could very easily turn it all around. But if he's if he's the same, sorry, if he's more expensive than Kane, and we've seen Kane has scored twice already this season, I just feel like Kane is more proven as far as, uh, there's a lot more trust in Kane at the moment than there is Son, and he's slightly cheaper. So if you're looking to get into the Spurs attack, you might be looking at Kane, if you don't want to spend that much, Kulisevsky. But for me, Son's a sell because... There's so much money tied up in him and you can use those funds all around the squad. You might only have 
three at the back at the moment. But if you sell Son and you, then you get a seven or eight uh, million dollar midfielder, all of a sudden you're three at the back's five at the back. So for me, he's a hard sell at the moment, and we'll see what happens. Having said that, last week I sold Son after game week thirty, and the week after he scored a hat trick. So who am I to talk? <laughs> um, now, on to take it to the bank, the segment where we put a very bold prediction forward. So my take it to the bank this week, Liverpool to bounce back and put at least three past Bournemouth with Salah to be involved and continue his very good form against Bournemouth. I'll jump in with Brighton to beat Leeds. Everyone's going to be disappointed by bringing Rodrigo in. Everyone will ship him out during the week. His price will go down. Brighton's their bogey team. Potter just has them really organised. So uh, Brighton to beat Leeds. I don't even think Leeds will score. I'd actually take that this week because he'll be sitting on my bench, Rodrigo. So <laughs> I'd probably take it. Uh, now, on to our sides for this week and our team reveal. So just before I read out my side, um, the other reason that I took the minus four this week and made the two early trades was the side that I've put together now is probably the side that I would have wildcarded with if I was using my wildcard right now. So um, based on the past, that doesn't necessarily translate to points, but the side that I'm just about to read out is probably the side that I'd be wildcarding with. So my side for this week is Sanchez in goals, Trent, Cancelo, James, Trippier and Saliba, who was one of the transfers in. Salah and Martinelli in the midfield. So going a very lean midfield of two. And up front, we've got Haaland, Jesus, and my boy Tony. So on the bench there, we've got Ward, who will not be making his way back into my team for a while. You sure you don't want to start him this week? No, my luck. He'll probably keep a clean sheet against Chelsea. (laughs) So Ward, Rodrigo, Bailey, who started last week and looked pretty good. Yes, he might not start this week, but he's a 5.0 mid, or I think he's 4.9 now. So I'm more than happy to have a 5.0 midfielder sitting on my bench, even for the next four or five game weeks, leading up to the wild card that I'll probably play in game week eight or nine. And Pereira, who at the start of the season, when I, on this very pod, I said uh, Trippier will be benched in game weeks three and five, because I'll be starting Pereira. And that's what I did last week. Pereira scored eight points. We won't talk about uh, Trippier getting six, but Pereira did score eight points last week. So the strategy, as far as he's concerned, hasn't changed. And when I look at your team, I I do have to give you big props because if I could pick between your team and my team, I would pick your team. If I was to wildcard this week too, the only change I would make in that side there is Trippier to Pedisic because I've just really liked him. Um, and I'd probably downgrade Bailey. But when you look at your side, you've got starters everywhere. The only question mark is probably Bailey, and that is it. So, yeah, you've got a really strong team, Dimmer. So well done getting yourself into that position so early. Um, Over at my side, uh, if we've got a drum roll, I'm rolling this week. Um, I'll be saving the transfer. Uh, just to get some more information um, going into game week five because the team I'm putting out there on paper, I'm, I'm really happy with. I've got Ramsdale in goals. I've got Trent, Cancelo, 
Cucarella, James and Trippier. I really like having James and Cucarella against Leicester in their current form. It's both at home as well. Trippier against, uh, against Wolves. You know, Wolves might have some good stats on getting shots, but they never look like they're likely to score. I've got Luis Diaz against Bournemouth. Very happy with that. Salah. It's got the captain's armband, Martinelli. And then up top, I've got Jesus and Haaland. I've got warding goals, Andreas Pereira first off the bench, then Reed and Archer. Okay, so we've got eight players the same, including captain. So, uh, which is, you know, basically very close to the current sort of template. Anyway, the only differences we've got is uh, I've got Saliba and Tony. And Sanchez versus um, you had Ramsdale, uh, Cucurella, and Diaz. So, you know, much of a muchness. Um, but look, overall, the fact that you will be rolling means that you will have the extra transfer for next week, which is going to hold you in good stead. Um, my side next week, I'll, I'll very much be rolling, not unless there's a one of the star players gets either hurt or injured because I will be bringing in uh, Rodrigo to that starting lineup and I've got the option of uh, Pereira as well. So you never know. There may even be a little bit of a bench boost next week. You never know. Let's see what let's see what we come up with. Uh, considering that my bench got 21 points last week, um, you know, I'd be pretty happy with something similar. So let's see what happens. Um, final thoughts, Jamie? Um. I just think, uh, you know, everyone, you know, keep in mind that the game weeks are coming thick and fast. Um, you know, still don't knee jerk. Then again, I took a minus four out of nowhere this week. Have fun with the game and um, hopefully we all get a, a green arrow. All right. No, thanks for that. Look, I mean, it's it's been a real pleasure again on this podcast with you today, Jamie. My final thoughts are... As we said before, a lot of the leading fantasy Premier League pundits out there are ranked between you know three to six million at the moment. So there's a long way to go. Plenty more time to make up ground. Keep on chasing those green arrows. Keep on having fun, and we'll see you next week. See you, everyone.